Good morning. Today, we hear a parable from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus is explaining to whoever will listen how they will be held accountable for their actions. With open hearts and minds, we listen today to God's message of how to follow her instructions. Then, the good shepherd will say to those on the right, enter, you who are blessed by God. Take what is coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you came to visit. I was in prison, and you came to see me. Then God's people are going to say, Holy One, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to see you? Then the shepherd will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it for me. The good news of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Our neighborhood is bigger than you think. So when Kent and Amy first approached Rachel and I via email to see if we would talk about thrifty threads and how, our, how we view that in terms of neighborhood, I really thought they meant do like a little Q&A session at coffee hour. <laughs> it wasn't until I started preparing for that that Rachel told me, oh no, you're delivering the message. We're delivering the message together. And I kind of went, okay, all right, we can do this. And I think because since in the time I've been a part of 50 Threads, we've grown so much and it's been such a wonderful experience, I can come here and talk to you about it today. And I want to talk today about how 50 Threads has affected my vision and understanding of neighborhood. Specifically, I want to talk about who our neighbor is and how do we love them? Or at the very least, how do we treat them as though they are beloved children of God? So who is our neighbor? I tend to think of the people who live right next door to me, or maybe the couple of houses around. Some of these people are my good friends, and I have their kids over at my house all the time, or my kids are at their house, and we eat and drink together. Other people I don't know as well. You know, I maybe kind of can give them a wave, like, eh, hey. When I see them walk by, I just see them by recognition. But everything is very local, and it's a very kind of small group. 
And I, I think sometimes as the church, this is kind of how we view our neighborhood as well. I think you can even hear it often in our prayers that we say every week. We start by praying for people within our church community. And then you'll hear us expand out to Coolidge Corner. And then finally, we'll expand out to the world. But I think what I've found at Thrifty Threads is that our neighborhood is much bigger than I ever realized, and it's growing. For those of you who don't know, Thrifty Threads was established as a ministry of the church, I think about over 27 years ago. I believe we are the major way in which the church reaches out to the community beyond our church members to embrace all of our neighbors. Obviously, everyone is welcome to come join us at church, but I think sometimes the community may find it easier to come in for shopping than to sit through a church service. And we do welcome everyone. I have personally been a part of Thrifty Threads for about seven years, and along with Rachel, I've been part of the leadership team for maybe about four years now. In that time, what the store has seen is an incredible amount of change and growth. And so my view of, our of who our neighbors are has also seen a huge amount of change and growth. When I started working at the store, most days were fairly quiet. I would spend a lot of my time talking with our beloved Betty Lindsay or maybe one of my other fellow volunteers. And frankly, it was a nice, relaxing way for me to get a break from raising my two small boys, who, if you look in the back, are not that small anymore. <laughs> Many of our shoppers were regulars um, who often came into the store as much for the social aspect as for the actual shopping. And at the time, I would have told you that most of the shoppers and volunteers were older than I was. Um, many of the people who were shopping at the store needed, their, needed to shop there because that's what their budget could afford. And most of the volunteers were fellow church members. And I thought the connection between the church and the store was very strong. We slowly started expanding into the digital universe. We had a Facebook page, we still do, please like us, um, and an Instagram account, and now we've expanded even into a Poshmark account, and we've continued growing. Then, COVID happened. We stayed open as much as possible during COVID. Whenever weather allowed, we were outside in the driveway with racks and we had stuff hung from the, the ramps, and we were inviting as many people in, quote unquote, to join us as we could. When we could not be open, we were still processing donations to send out to our partner organizations in the community. We were one of the very few charitable organizations that remained open to donations during COVID. And I believe that this is a large reason why the amount of donations we bring in increased dramatically. And so kind of an amazing thing happened during COVID. We actually grew, we got bigger. We were bringing in more money on one Saturday out in the driveway than we had been bringing in in the store prior to the pandemic. And this growth, once we reopened, really, really exploded to take off. Since moving back to the store, we've had a ton of change. Physically, if you come in, you'll notice we take up the chapel we take up the lobby and we take up our original store space. In terms of our volunteers, we now have a vast array of different people, some still from within the church, but even more so from outside the church. And we represent a wide variety of nationalities and religions and ages. 
Although I will say we remain mostly women. <laughs> our shoppers have changed as well. We still have some of our regulars and we get in workers from some of the nearby uh, retirement communities. But we also now have a lot of young shoppers. And I mean like people in their 20s. The reasons that people shop with us have grown as well. Some of them, it really still is an economic thing. We sell almost everything for $4, and that has not changed. Some people, it's still a social need. Some people come in and make a profit because they'll buy something and resell it online. Some people, and we think this is increasingly true of many of our young shoppers, they come in for, the, or for environmental reasons because every piece of clothing bought in our store is one less thing that's going to the landfills. And some people, and I'm one of those people, they just like a good deal. Thus, our neighbors, and by this I mean both our volunteers and our shoppers, are a more diverse group than ever. With this, growth, with this growth, we have also grown in our outreach and the number of partner groups that we send donations back out to. So you may not know, but the vast majority of the stuff that comes in, we cannot sell. As big as the store has become, we get in that much more. And Rachel's going to talk to you about how, who we send that clothing back out to. Unfortunately, with this growth and change, there have come some challenges as well. As you know, Jesus tells us that loving God, that next to loving God, to love our neighbor is the most important commandment. And frankly, sometimes our neighbor isn't all that lovable. A few weeks ago, Representative Vitola talked about how loving our neighbor included extending grace to someone who thinks very different than us politically. But sometimes it can be hard to love someone who quote unquote thinks exactly like we do. In our zeal to do good, we can get really frustrated with a fellow volunteer who thinks we should arrange something differently or do something in a different way. If we find someone else abrupt, it may be a cultural difference, it may be a personality difference, and it may just be they're having a really bad day. With an increase in our shoppers, it can be hard to love the customer who tries on 30 things every week and buys one, leaving us a pile to rehang up. It can be really, really difficult to love the customer who steals from us. We struggle with how to remain extravagantly welcoming in the face of bad behavior. We also struggle with how to fit in with this church. How do we balance the needs of our congregation with the needs of both our volunteers and shoppers? For example, if we close the store for a church function like a funeral, are we sending the message to our store and our neighbors that their needs are less important than ours or that they are only sometime welcome? Indeed, I'm sure I'm not the first person to suggest that following the commandment to love thy neighbor is by far the hardest one. And I definitely haven't figured out all the answers myself. The closest thing I've gotten to an answer is by talking, and I don't mean via email, listening and patience, both with ourselves and with others. However, I don't want to end today on a negative message. I want to end with hope. I have always found the store is the clearest place for me to see the spirit of God moving in the world. We lost many volunteers during the pandemic for a variety of reasons, and yet new and wonderful people somehow from somewhere stepped up and filled in. 
We see this in our shoppers' needs. We had a grandmother who suddenly needed to care for an infant grandchild, and that week we got an influx of baby donations so that we could help them out. It's even as simple as someone coming in and buying an outfit for their first job interview and then coming back to celebrate with us when they get the job. The store always gives me hope that God will provide. With our growth and expansion of who our neighbor is, we've also expanded the number of neighbors we can help. Our income has increased dramatically to over $65,000 last year, and this year I expect that we will bring in even more. This has led us to increase the number of communications we support financially, like Baby Basics, The Walk for Hunger, Dignity Matters, Support After Natural Disasters, and Support for the Ukraine. We are literally starting to think of the whole world as our neighbors. It has also allowed us to increase the number of stop and shop gift cards we give out every week. As I mentioned, we resend out a mountain of donations on a weekly basis to help our neighbors in the greater